Hello and welcome back to the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. We are so excited to be here with you today. Uh, we took a hiatus for some vacationing and Tracy is still on a break. She is right now in Chicago celebrating the anniversary of the theater company that she was one of the founding principal artists for. So we miss you, Tracy. We can't wait for you to join us on next week. But this week is just going to be two plus you as I am happy, honored, and proud to bring to the three plus one audience the one and the only friend of the podcast, Rodney Watch. Hey! Rodney, welcome back. I've been gone for a little bit. I'm back with the jump off. <laughs> you are back with the jump off. <laughs> Not only are you back with the jump off, but you are back with a brand new media endeavor over yes. a cup of coffee with Rodney Wash being produced and premiering on the uh, AIB network here in Atlanta. Yes. Oh, my God, God. It's so good, friend. Like, Zach, I just feel like everything I've been through is just... It was well worth it. It was well worth it. So, Rodney, and just, you know, just for me to give our listeners a brief rundown of your work and your career... You started in the very beginning hosting a Facebook Live show yes. uh, called Cognac and Lipstick. Lipstick and Cognac. Lipstick and Cognac. Ladies first, ladies first. first. Ladies first. Yeah. Lipstick and Cognac. Ladies first. And so <laughs> you guys started doing a uh, Facebook Live and the focus was on topics that would relate to uh, men and women and really giving a variety of perspectives on, on a number of topics. During your Facebook Live tenure, what was your favorite show of the Facebook Live time? Oh my gosh, I really feel like pick just one. Oh, it's so many. Well, when we talked about uh, bisexuality on Facebook Live, yes, that was that your was favorite good one. one. We had like over a thousand comments, and everybody had something to say. Everybody had something to say because I. This is how I feel. End of day. <sighs> okay, let's see. Some people will be mad. I'm not going to say you can't do it. I'm not going to say it's not possible. I think it's greedy. You think being bisexual is greedy? greedy. It's really, really greedy. Um, For one, but I don't like, though, how women can do it. But when men do it, they're they're just automatically considered gay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like that. Like, if a girl can go out there and kiss and have sex with a woman and do whatever and come back to men, there's no issue. I feel like the men should have the same respect as females. Like in the day, but I would not like because I don't like to compete with nobody. I don't got to deal with these men. I can deal with these women as well. So, so but now Rodney. So okay, that's a great topic. It's a great kind. We're gonna gear away from the rundown of your career to come back to it. You're saying that it's greedy to be bisexual. So what does that make you if you're gay? What is it? What if you're gay? What does that make you? But you're sticking with one. You got like a this one and this one and this one. So are you born gay? Yeah, I believe that. Are you born straight? I believe that. So why can't you be born bisexual? Because that's greedy. I didn't say you can't. I never said you can't. So you're saying that poor bisexuals in the world, they're the ones who have to choose. Not choose to me, they're just greedy. I just don't want to deal with them. That's that's it. I won't want to deal with you. You, so... It's too much. It's It's too too much. much. It's too much for me. 
I cannot be worried about you talking to this dude. Now I got to worry about you talking to girls on top of that. I'm just like, no. Like, you know, I kind of think that most people, I'm thinking everyone has choices that they have to make because I really believe that human sexuality is fluid and that any kind of title is a social construct that has been created, that's been forced on people and everyone has to simply acquiesce to. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody falls in a continuum of sexuality. And so for our listeners, for all of the uh, pauses, uh, we're eating grapes. Rodney's favorite snack, he chose grapes. He's eating grapes <laughs> and drinking some Prosecco while I'm enjoying my cup of coffee. But So Rodney, after Facebook Live, you then became an Atlanta uh, social media personality on Rolling Out Radio. Yes, but we start off with Cluster Media first. So, so, you, so we, in between Facebook Live and... Rolling Out. What? It was on the radio. It was Cluster Media. Cluster, Cluster media. media. Yeah. So how did you end up working for Cluster Media? Somebody from Facebook told them about us. And it was just... I mean, we had fun. I like radio. Out of everything I probably do, radio is fun because I feel like you're behind the scenes, you're just talking. It reminds me of being on a podcast. But you have music, you have people calling. I mean, I would not like to learn the board because it's not something I like to do. But like working at Cluster Media was fun. It was really fun. And so how long were you at Cluster Media? So we... Okay, so I want to say from April to September. So Lily, it wasn't six months. No. So how long did it take? How long were you launching your Facebook Live? We started Facebook on March of 2018. Literally, you did Facebook Live for a month. And then Cluster Media picked you up from the Facebook Live. And then you did that for less than six months. And then you were picked out by Rolling Out Magazine, yes. which is a nationwide publication and media outlet that garners attention from all across the United States. They do. Even the Reed mentioned them. Yeah. Everyone loves and pays attention and looks at Rolling Out. So you became a member of the Rolling Out community. And what differed between what you were doing with Lipstick on, you know, Facebook, Cluster Media, and then Rolling Out? Or was it pretty much the same show? It was the same show. We had full control and full creativity. So that's one thing I think is I really I took that for granted because now I don't have that at AIB, which is fine. But um, it's really nice when you have full control and full creativity with your work. Like, and so yeah, and so now you don't have as much control, but it's a different program. We'll talk about that. You were yeah. launching a totally different kind of program, um, but then that program, you know, had its own focus, its own segmentation, and so you are you've been with rolling out, and you're still with rolling out, so you're not yes. leaving rolling out. No, we're so. not done. I'm just taking okay. a hiatus, just trying to. Get something. I just had consultant last Tuesday. Right, and and so what is happening with what is so when you say a hiatus, what does that mean? I'm really just trying to really do what I want to do right now because when I was at Rona, I was with lipstick, and we know we're not together anymore. So I'm just trying to find out what makes Rodney happy. Mm-hmm. And when I go back to Rona, I'm trying to see what do I want to bring to Rona now, mm-hmm. like what type of personality do I want to be on Rona now. Because right now, I'm trying to change from that cognac-type personality. I want to be Rodney. And so I'm trying to really figure out how do I want to present Rodney when Rodney goes back to him now as Rodney, not as cognac. If that makes sense. It does. So do you feel that cognac wasn't authentically who you were? He was. He's my alter ego. He mm-hmm. was fun. I'm fun. You know, he said what he wanted to say. He was very outlandish. <laughs> It was just fun, and now I'm trying to get... I still want to be fun, but I want to be taking 
more seriously because one thing I have noticed with the feedback from my talks, people's like, we like the different side of you. Like we thought she was gonna be like funny, like media type messy, but it's really showing a side of me where I'm still laughing and being funny, but I'm talking about serious topics. Right. And so when you talk about people wanting they they thought it was going to be like social media messy and it's not. Yeah. What what do you mean? Let's talk about that a little bit. What do you mean? What do they mean by that? You know, you know, by like, social media messy. Like not like I like guess, the read. Yeah, and like the big reading people are saying, like, oh, I wouldn't do this, or, like, girl, you crazy type thing. But but what's interesting is people would say that to me don't know you at all because that's not who you are. Yeah, like you're a funny guy, you're a fun loving personality, but you're not a messy person and you're not with the mess. I guess I, you know, well, I maybe you are, messy. maybe you are with the mess, no. and I just don't know. <laughs> no, I not, guess because because Zachary is not with the mess. <laughs> oh, child. <laughs> No, but I guess sometimes mess can be too. I guess it's like I guess like media messy, if that makes sense. Because like I did do like entertainment news, and I gave my commentary on how I felt, mm-hmm. real raw and uncut. You know, so it's like uh, da 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 da, and you know, I was like, so it was just like me just really letting it go. I don't care how it came out. Now I'm just watching how I say things. It does make sense. No, it does make sense. It definitely makes sense. And so with the new venture at AIB, yes. it is over a cup of coffee with Rodney Wash. Yes. What is the show about in your words? To me, it's about talking about taboo topics within... Oh, excuse me. Ooh. We're talking about taboo topics within the home where we don't really discuss where things were like told like when you was molested or when you was abused or when you were um, just going through things you can talk to anybody outside of your home we're just um, revealing those things to the public like I'm giving you a platform to talk about things that really hurt and bother you dealing with sexuality dealing with depression dealing with things where your home was like your mom dad was like that ain't nothing get over it it's life type thing but I feel like we don't have a space where people just talk about how they feel it's okay to talk about things that scares you and make you like I don't know what I'm gonna do money problems financial problems anything that you felt like you could not discuss outside of your home I'm gonna give you a platform to come talk talk about about that on over a cup of coffee I love that concept and it really is something that we used to have very prevalent on television through Oprah, through Phil Donahue, through Sally Jesse Raphael. And when Maury started, uh, who's the other guy? Jerry, Jerry Springer. Springer. They kind of started and then they went down the rabbit hole of foolishness and paternity tests and fighting. And now you really don't have anybody who's really bringing the lives of regular Americans to the rest of America. So the need is certainly there. And I'm really thankful that AIB is giving that platform. We're going to talk more on tomorrow about AIB and about your experience with AIB. Um, but I want to talk, and we're also going to talk about your premiere party. We'll actually talk about AIB on Wednesday, the premiere party more on tomorrow. Okay. But um, the first episode of Over a Cup of Coffee with Rodney Wash went live on Friday. Yes. Last week. yes. Any of our listeners can look and check out the show uh, by clicking the link in my bio on Instagram or by going to YouTube to, to now watch on YouTube by simply typing in over a cup of coffee with Rodney Wash 
R-O-D-N-E-Y-W-A-S-H. Also, it'll be in the show notes uh, if you are listening to us on SoundCloud or if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. And so the first episode is extremely heavy. It is. And that you interview a cancer survivor who really uh, honed in and gave the experience of what, what she went through. Why did you choose that as your premiere episode? From what cancer is very strong in, in this world. Um, a lot of people pass away from it every day. Children have it. Animals have it. You know, it's just cancer is everywhere. And then, you know, I had an aunt who passed away with two aunts passed away with cancer. And then my mom, however, um, was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2015. She beat it, praise God. And I want to talk about it. I seen my mom go through something I've never seen her go through before in my life. It was scary to see her change so drastically. Like, when, you know, my mom had like probably 30 inches of hair to go in bald. To fall out. And I wanted to give, I wanted to bring light to that for people who do not understand that. I seen my mom like change like a caliper, caliper, when they change to a butterfly. But not, not, you won't say like, I'm just trying to use an analogy. But like, I just saw my mama change. You know what I mean? And I was just like, I want to bring this out. I want to get this story out. There's so many people I know who passed away from cancer. And it sucks. And I feel like we don't really get to talk about that as much. Because my mom don't like to talk about it at all. She's just like, I just got this over. Like, I remember I'm getting a shot. And she was just so, she was aching. And I saw her cry a couple of times. So, I was like, when I did that in that episode, I wanted to really ask the questions that I feel like everybody wanted to know. And I think that you achieved that in the, in the episode. So, I can't wait for our listeners to watch it. And then check it out and even give comments on the, you know, yes, engage please, please with you as well as with the AIB network. And so when will the next episode go live? So we're going to drop every Friday, 7 p.m. EST, Eastern Standard Time, Lord, let me say that out. East 7 p.m. every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AIB Studios YouTube channel. And the link is going to stay live in my bio throughout the run of the show. So you can check it out every Friday or anytime throughout the course of that weekend or week in order to see what AIB has dropped in the latest episode of Over a Cup of Coffee with Rodney Wash. Uh, Rodney, it was a pretty big weekend this past weekend with news, or at least the media tried to make it a big weekend with news. Yeah. Starting off with the South Carolina primaries and your uncle Joe Biden having a chance to win his first primary victory in history. Joe, Joe Biden, Joe, Joe, Uncle Joe, has run for president three times. This is his third time doing so. And this is the first time in, in his tenure of running to be our president he's ever won uh, a state with the primary majority of delegates. I what are your thoughts? Congratulations to, to Uncle Joe. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Uncle Joe. I really feel like this, and I just want to make sure when I say this. I love Obama. Obama is my president. He was my president, but he wasn't perfect. And I feel like people try to make Joe Biden to be this bad guy. But I feel like if y'all love Obama so much, I would think he is adequate enough to pick a vice president who we think can do something. So give him credit. Mm-hmm. You know, I really feel like we try to dig... And want to find every bad thing about a person. 
And that's the same stuff that caused the lecture when it was dealing with Hillary. Mm-hmm. We tried to dig every little damn thing that was not that serious. And now we caused the election and Trump was there. Trump was doing a lot of crazy shit. His kids were locked up in cages in Texas. All that's across not, the United States. That's not cool. You know what I'm saying? So There's children who are in cages all across the United yes. States because of President Trump. And uh, you brought up a good point. So you're basically saying that, because, you know, um, I got a wonderful text today that indicated that, you know, President Trump won Wisconsin by only 23,000 votes, but of the registered African-American voters on the rolls, 93,000 of them did not vote. In Florida, President Trump won by 113,000 votes, but in Miami alone, 379,000 African-Americans did not vote. Trump won Michigan by 11,000 votes, but in Detroit, 2,700, I mean, 277,000 African-Americans did not vote. President Trump won Pennsylvania by 44,000 votes, but in Philadelphia alone, 238,000 African-Americans did not vote. Trump won North Carolina by 173,000 votes, but in Charlotte, Raleigh, Durham, and Greensboro combined, 230,000 African-Americans didn't vote. And President Trump won Georgia by 211,000 votes, but in Atlanta alone, 530,000 African-Americans did not vote. You see, and that's an issue for me. Maybe, if this is true, right? It's a t- I got it as a text. It was a text. If it's true, let's uh, allege you know, Yeah, it If allegedly. it's true, but that, that kind of foolishness will cost you an election. Right. It will cost an election. But this is the thing, and this is where I'm torn in these primary results. I, I want to clearly say on record that in the very beginning of this, I was 100% behind Vice President Biden because it will be true justice to see President Biden get elected to be President Trump after all the horrible things that President Trump had, all the lies and misinformation he said around President Obama's administration to see him lose to, you know, our our former Vice President Joe Biden. However, I quickly learned through the process, Rodney, that maybe Vice President Biden may not be mentally prepared to serve as President of the United States. Why? President... I mean, uh, Vice President Biden has made and said a lot of very jumbled things and made a lot of confused statements. The most recent one that was the most shocking is when he was saying that he was running to be a senator. He said, as I'm running for the United States Senate. Because y'all imagine, okay, let me just say this. Because I mess up all the darn time. But I know what I mean. Rodney, everyone does. Come on now. But that, that man been doing this for so long. Hell, you probably get tired. It's just like your mama saying Keisha right. when she means Britney. six years old, and he makes every interview I've seen him do several mistakes during the interview. Several. So do you think his talking points is going to overshadow his policies that he might have for the United States to be better? I do not believe that he is mentally able to serve as president of the United States of America. However, we'll deal with Trump. However... I do not think that President Trump is emotionally able to serve as an effective president. He's been able to still be in office and he's maintained it. I do think that if President, if, if, uh, if Joe Biden becomes president, I think that he would survive the tenure. But I just don't know if he's going to, if the American people are going to put faith in him and allow him to get that nomination. 
Bernie Sanders is older than Joe Biden. However, he is phenomenally acute and mentally aware. He is a sharp and he's a savvy speaker. Now, I have never supported Bernie Sanders. And I would be hard-pressed to cast that vote for him. But I cannot deny the power of his well-run campaign and his ability to mobilize young voters. And I really feel that he might be the better candidate in this race to beat Donald Trump. Though he's not my candidate, though I don't agree with his positions and I do not agree with his viewpoints, I think that he may be the what best candidate. What viewpoints you don't agree with? Oh, I'm not for dissolving major corporations. I think that economy and commerce and the American spirit is built on innovation and capitalism. I don't want to see any of that change. I want to see, I, want, I believe that companies and businesses should be given incentives and they should be given perks to spur growth in the American economy. The one thing that has boomed under oh, Trump, not because of Trump, but under Trump, is the economy. The economy is doing so well because of the foundations laid down by President Obama after the, work, after the Great Recession of the Republican President George Bush. President Obama laid down a number of very innovative, cutting-edge 21st century policies that President Trump now gets to reap the benefits of. But not only is President Trump reaping the benefits of those policies, so too are the American people. We have benefited because our economy is at an all-time high. It will not continue to surge under Bernie Sanders. I would argue that as soon as Bernie Sanders gets elected, the economy is going to begin to recede and it's going to recede quickly because of his policies and what he's saying about his policies. And not only these policies and what he's saying about them, but the fact that there is no clear plan to bring them to fruition. And the plans that he has, they're not well thought out plans because he's going to, if at worst, well, I'm sorry, if at best, just simply extend these ridiculous reaches of executive privilege that Donald Trump has already pushed and started. And those are concerning. That's concerning to me. So I, those are the positives I, I don't agree with. Those are the things that I'm not for. I'm also not for... Uh, I'm, I, pay, I, pay, I pay too much in taxes right now. Period. It's not fair to me. I feel like I'm being penalized as a single male at my income tax bracket in a way that I feel like I should not be. I pay a lot of taxes. I owe taxes right now. I am, I am in fear of going to get my taxes done in, in April because I know it's going to be more money being shelled out to pay it. But I don't mind paying it because I know it's having a benefit to the American people. But it comes to a point where I'm going to say, is this really a wise investment across this nation? I believe in, in, in universal health care. I don't know if I believe in forced Medicaid for all. But I do believe in universal health care. There are several things that he is saying he wants to do that I'm not able to support, and I don't believe in it. Because I do not I think it's like a good use of taxpayers' dollars. I feel like we have the money to support everybody to get free health care. I really do. Um, I do, too. I believe in that. But what I don't believe in is you forcing and taking away my privatized health care. I can afford my own health care, and I value it, and I appreciate it. I work hard. But what would you do if you lost your job? Hold on. What would you do if you lost your job, right? Yeah. All this can be taken away. Yes, absolutely. Let's be real. And guess what? And what would you do if you can't afford it? Then I would definitely use 
the, I would use Obamacare and I would use what we already have called universal health care, Rodney. We already have that. I would use that. What I'm saying is don't take away the option for me to have the health care that I pay for and then have a common universal standard for all people. What's wrong America. with that? What's wrong with having the standard for somebody will feel bad? or will That's just like we're going to all drive the exact same Honda That standard. is not Yes, it is. I right? think that's like so because the billionaire and this country there no. can all share the same Rodney, so you're saying benefits. we should all drive a Honda Civic. That's not just I'm asking you, should we all drive a Honda Civic? That went by the It's the exact same thing, no, though. Yes, it is. is. You drive a Lexus because you want what a Lexus provides you. It's a choice that you make, correct? Yeah. You make that choice. There are people who drive a Honda Civic who want a Honda Accord, who might want an Acura, or who want a Mercedes. It's exactly to the analogy that I think that people can understand. It's an analogy that people can understand because this is because this is exactly what it was. So what's the difference from having well start Etna? I'm making a choice. And when I get my healthcare options provided by my company to pick the option that fits me and my It's needs. a choice. I only have like four or five. I only have the thousand. But yeah, it's, that's right. It's only four or they five. They narrow it down. But I get to pick what works for me from those options, and I'm happy to do so. What I don't want is a government telling me what healthcare options are going to work for me. That's not fair, and that's not right, and that's not what our country's based on. And that's what Bernie Sanders wants to do, I and I'm opposed to it. And many long as I'm still getting seen how I want to be seen, like the meds I need from whatever. I mean, I don't have Blue Cross Blue Shield. I don't have um, United Healthcare. United Healthcare. I don't have the one that's downtown in Atlanta. Kennesaw Wellstone. Yeah, I don't have all that. Piedmont. And guess what? When I go to the doctor, I get the same medicine that was paid with each one at different prices. So I don't see the difference. Well, there's different names behind the healthcare insurance. <laughs> I certainly see the difference. I like to choose my healthcare provider. I enjoy going to my doctor. I enjoy getting the standard of care service that I. So let me ask you this. So you had to go get um, penicillin, right? Because mm-hmm. you had an issue going on. And this penicillin. So I have a sinus infection. I have yes. to go get penicillin. See, yeah. why? Let me tell you, I don't know why you got to go get penicillin. I don't know what's going on. What's wrong with penicillin? I just said, you know, you may have to have, I don't know what's going on, why, but I know if I have to get an antibiotic, it's a sinus infection. Anyway. I'm not going for any other kind of if infection. If you need to get penicillin, okay. and say, like, this penicillin came from Medicaid, this penicillin came, this penicillin was brought through by United Healthcare. This was brought to Dr. Right, Guess what? The medicine still That's works not the same. The argument is. That's so what the is argument. the argument? The argument is. Understand. The argument is my right to have health care that I paid for. I have a right to buy what I want to buy and pay for what I pay for. And he wants to take that right away from me. And he wants to take away a number of rights from American citizens that make us who we are. That's not the American way. That's not who we are as a nation. And that is what he's tried to do for a long time. And that's why there's so much pushback. And I understand that so many young people see it that way. They see it exactly as you see it. Oh, that's just healthcare. Because you don't know any other way. You haven't seen it any other way. And many young people also, when it comes to brain sickness, they haven't done the research on what socialism really is. I had posted several things on my Facebook. And I had so many young people, former students of mine, make these ridiculous comments like, I'm stupid. Like telling me, like, do you not know that education is socialism? And the reality is, I was reading the Communist Manifesto when you were probably sitting down in pre-K chewing on a block. 
Yeah, I know what socialism means. Well, give them time to grow and be sure. I get that. And but on the other end, don't. I, but, but on the other end, with, 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 when it comes to sending his huge young army, don't negate the experiences of your elders and of educated people who know better and know more, who've studied what communist regimes and socialist parties have done across this country. There is, there is a record of horrendous crimes done by these regimes and governments that cause people who know better to take pause and worry. And that's why so many people are so concerned about Bernie Sanders being so popular. Well, here we got Trump. And that's a challenge. Here, I, I agree. What? And I would rather have a socialist in the White House than a racist. So I will, I'm going to support Bernie Sanders if he gets the Democratic nomination. I, I'm not going to vote for him on March 24th. I'm going to, I'm not. I believe it'll come down to Biden and Sanders, neither of whom I think deserves my vote. Neither. Um, I don't think President, I don't think Vice President Biden is mentally prepared. I feel like, I like, mentally, I feel like you're over six and you should not be running for president. That's just me. Um, I feel like you can keep with the times. You understand what's going on, kind of. When you're 80 years old, you can. I don't for the outside, you can relate to somebody who's six, who's 18, and you're 80. And you're 80. So you know, and with that news, we found out today that Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bay, Indiana, has suspended his campaign. Oh, his last name Buttigieg. Yeah, Buttigieg. Who you thought it was? He's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Come get this Buttigieg. So him suspending is probably going to help Joe Biden on um, as the race continues on. So you think that was a good thing? Did, are you? Did you ever feel a connection to Pete Buttigieg? Who? Did you, did you ever feel a connection to Pete Buttigieg throughout this race? Can you just call him Pete? Did you ever feel a connection to Mayor Pete? He was cute. He was a cute guy. But do you feel like he was a role model for the LGBTQIA plus community? But I'm, this is how I feel, because let me just say this. This is what I'm terrified of. Terrified of. I'm a gay male, but it's more to me than just being gay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just being real. So, do I feel like he had good policies and things? Yes. But I don't think it's fair that everybody who happens to be gay has to be a big advocate and big uh, the speaker of the gay people. He, for one, he's trying to run for president. He's trying to run for this specific group or whatever trying to run for everyone. Let's focus on that. Not let's focus on what who he sleep with and all this. Let's, let's 
ASMR to me. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just focus on but, his policies. But the fact that he was a member of the LGBTQA plus community, did that encourage you, make you feel proud? No, I didn't care. Okay. So were you proud of Obama when he ran as a black man? Because he was black and you're black. Did you feel proud? I did. But you don't feel that sense of pride around Pete? I think white-ish. I think Caucasian. No, I mean, he's white. I think white is a preferred term. Okay. I don't think white people want to be called Caucasian. I think they prefer to be called white. Well, he's a white... Gay man. Gay man. And that to And you, black gay men have two different struggles. So you don't relate. You can't relate to him. I can't cause relate white. to you because you're white. Okay, okay. But I can relate to you on your policies. So it's a policy that you could agree with for him. Okay, so I think right, that's a great place and a good stopping point for our Monday episode... Woo! Yeah, woo. So, you know, uh, you, you had a good laugh at Mayor Pete uh, and at his expense. What's his last name again? Buttigieg. So, <laughs> Mayor Pete Buttigieg. So, <laughs> we will continue on tomorrow uh, and we will be ready to look and talk about Super Tuesday. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the 3 Plus 1 podcast, which this week it is 2 Plus You. Woo!